Hey everyone, it's Hiba. Just a few notes before we begin. We did some of the interviews for this episode in Arabic, so we produced two versions of the story for you. The one you're listening to now is the original, which is bilingual English and Arabic. We also produced an English-only version with a voice actor who played our main character word-for-word from our interviews together. You can find both versions on our public podcast channel and website, so flip through to whichever one you would prefer. Secondly, our main character for today's story would like you to know that he adjusted his proud Iraqi accent to a more shammy Jordanian-Palestinian one in the hopes it's easier to understand. Okay, ready? Let's get started. I've never been a rebel, spent all my life being good, following rules, studying while my friends are playing the street. For what? To be a doctor. Oh yeah, I had my share of fun, but... If I knew things would be like that, I would have probably done things differently. Now it's been more than two long years since the last time I practiced medicine or even had a job. I was a doctor of medicine and general surgery in Ramadi teaching hospital. All kind of emergencies and cases. Best times of my life doing what I love the most. But then everything told me to quit. Before ISIS took over my hospital, Iraqi government started bombing it. I think these are clear signs to just leave. I was lucky to escape in the nick of time safely. This was before we lost hope on Iraq and before we got threatened, but that's another story. This was in May 2013. Two years ago, one of our producers, Dana, came across an Instagram account with the name The Refugee 13. And it was this chronicle of a young Iraqi named Ihsan al-Bayati. Okay. All right, Hiba. That is Dana. I'm getting under covers. My apartment's so empty, it sounds like an echo. So the only place that I can record is underneath my sheets. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm recording inside of my closet. Um, but we can share those glorious details with you later. We have another story we want to share with you today. So Dana is one of our producers. Yeah, so my name is Dana Balutz, and two years ago I was working as a journalist in Lebanon looking for fresh ways to cover refugee stories. And I was sifting through Instagram one afternoon on my couch with a cup of coffee, and I typed in the hashtag refugee. The first photo I noticed that had just been posted was from this account, the Refugee 13. And it was photo after photo, almost like a visual diary, of this young guy's journey as a refugee from Ramadi to Dallas, Texas. And it was the kind of detail and behind the scenes of the resettlement process I had never seen before. And as a person, I thought it was fascinating. But as a journalist, I was absolutely skeptical. So I messaged the account and got a name, Ahsan, and a number. And I called him up. Hello. Ahsan? Uh, Hi, Kifak. Hi, Kifak. Alhamdulillah. Um, thanks so much for talking. Today, we want you to join us on a journey. The journey from Ramadi to Amman to Dallas, Texas, chronicled through the eyes and phone of a young doctor, Ihsan. My name is Hiba Fisher, and you're listening to Kerning Cultures, a podcast dissecting the complex narratives of the Middle East through stories. Oh, 
and I have been doing street art. is predictable, the they've seen it happen. And one story that always kind of captures my imagination. The streets lost culture. <laughs> and you're listening to Kerning Cultures. And today's story is brought to us by producer Dana Balut. So over the course of two years, I spoke with Hassan a few times, all through WhatsApp calls. من شهر الواحد 2015 وما كان فيها أي مشكلة بالعكس كانوا يجون مرات من الاتصامات ناس مرضى أو ماكلين إشي ومنظيف وصاعدهم تسمم غذاء يعني أشياء كتير سهلة بدأت الأمور شوي شوي تسوء فأبوي كمان ترك الشغل تبعه وأنا تركت الشغل لأنه صاروا يعني موجودين ناس مسلحين بيمشون بالمدينة حراسة للمستشفى ما في حراسة للمستشفى مرة من المرات دخل حدا لابس حزام ناسف للطوارئ وأنا موجود هناك فيعني it's not worth it As the situation progressively worsened around them Ahsan and his family decided to leave Iraq In that same year over 100,000 refugees from Iraq made similar decisions the majority citing the rise of the Islamic State group or ISIS as we know it as their reason for leaving Today, more than 3 million Iraqis have been displaced inside the country since the start of 2014. And more than a quarter of a million are refugees in other countries, like Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, and Germany. For Hassan and his family, they chose Jordan because they had friends who lived there. I was the first one in I was the first one in the day of the يومين أهلي بقية كلهم جو فعني تقريبا كنا صرنا يوم خمسة وعشرين تسعة موجودين يوم واحد عشرة إحنا قدمنا المفوضية يعني do you ask to be assigned للUS ولا هن بيختاروك آه لا أنت ما لك يعني أنت ما تقدر تختار الدولة اللي بدك إياها بس في ناس مثلا بيحكوا لهم إحنا رح نعطيكم مثلا كندا بيحكوا ما بدي كندا بدي أمريكا هاي أوكي أنت بتقدر تحكي إنه ما بدي بدي غير دولة بس هاي ما بتعرف قديش راح تأخر مقابلتك احتمال راح تأخرك فوق المدة اللي كنت راح تأخذها سنة أو سنتين عملنا هي يسموها المقابلة الأولى أنه هي مقابلة معلومات بعدين في مقابلة بتكون اسمها مقابلة الاعتراف باللجوء اللي هي status determination أعتقد فهي اثنين بعدين انتظرنا فترة طويلة فالأوراق اللي يعطونيها صارت اكسباير فعملنا مقابلة تجديد فهي ثلاث مقابلات بعدين المقابلة الرابعة بسموها مقابلة التوطين بمقابلة التوطين حكونا أنه أنتوا اختارتكم اليو أس وهلأ انتظروا يقابلوكم الانترناشنال اورجانزيشن اوف مايغريشن اللي هي الاي او ام فيعني أربع مقابلات بعدين عملنا مقابلة تجديد خامسة بعدين مقابلة اي او ام هي ستة بعدين مقابلة محلفين يعني سبع مقابلات عملنا These seven interviews took around two years and they were mostly with the UN Refugee Council or UNHCR and the International Organization of Migration, IOM. They always happen with the entire family there. Interviews can take between an hour to all day. Sometimes they're interviewed as a family and sometimes one-on-one. And Ihsan told me that between them all, it was a waiting game. 
waiting for the call to determine when the next interview was or where he and his family would have to go next. يعني إذا أنا كنت مطرحك بحس حالي إنه دائما بدي التليفون حد مني لأنه إذا دق بدي أعرف إذا إذا it's the UN or if it's something about my life. بالضبط إحنا دائما تليفوناتنا معنا يعني أصلا هي مع يعني مثل الجوك صايرة بين الناس لو حدا بيضل ماسك تليفونه معه بيحكوا له شو أنت بتنتظر مكالمة من اليو إن فإحنا دائما تليفوناتنا معنا لازم 24 ساعة مشحون وقريب عشان نعرف لو حدا رن علينا أو بشيء. This waiting lasted between late 2014 and 2016, during which time Ehsan couldn't work locally because his medical license didn't translate in Jordan, and also as a refugee, he wasn't allowed to work. He went from being a doctor in Ramadi to being unemployed, living off his and his parents' savings, preparing for an uncertain future, and really just trying so hard to keep his spirits up. بتمر اي اسبوع انت كابه يعني ما بدك تحكي مع حدا بعدين بيمر اسبوع نوعا ما طبيعي او هيك مش بتفكر بالموضوع بعدين بيمر لك اسبوع ثاني هيك ديبريست وما بدك تحكي مع حدا مره ثانيه فيعني مش ابدا مش سهله يعني مرات بيجوا الناس بحكي يوه لازم اطلع لازم كمان اصرف وانا يعني ما بدي كثير اصرف مصاري وهيك يعني ف يعني لقيت جنب المكان اللي كنا ماجرين فيه كان في ساحات كرة وأنا كثير إحنا كثير بنلعب كرة فكنا نلعب مثلا بالأسبوع مرة أو مرتين كرة أو وكنت بدرس إنه بدي أعمل امتحان المعادلة تبع الطب فأنا لما حكولي أمريكا يعني I was so relieved So Ihsan, his two brothers, Mazen and Samir, his sister-in-law, baby niece Juju, and parents knew they would be resettled to the United States. And it was just a matter of time when they would get on a plane for Dallas. In the meantime, the U.S. Homeland Security required certain procedures, like with this Instagram post on December 1st, 2015. It's a photo of four pink pills in the palm of his hand, and below he wrote, The pills. At last, we managed to get these. They took our weight and blood pressure. We're coming here tomorrow for the second dose. Uh, anti worms. Ashan clears your guts or something. I know Albendazol. So. If you have some worms, not you, like the refugees, if you have some worms or stuff, I, th- I think they don't really spread diseases as well. Or these American cultural orientation classes that his family needed to go through. يعني أول يوم كانت مجرد عن عن أمريكا كمولاية نظام فدرال يعني أشياء يعني أنا بعرفها ثاني يوم كان عن طبيعة العمل مين رح يلاقي لك عمل لو أنت ما بتعرف إنجليزي هذا مش مانع إنه تتعلم ما بعرف إيش و how to blend in how to be a productive part of the society تحكيك عن السوشيال سيكيورتي نمبر كيف تقدم عليه عن الليس لو بدك تأجر كيف تعمل الليس تبع الرنت تحكيك عن ال الميديكيد طبعا المساعدات الطبيه والفود ستامبس اشياء هيك هاي الاساسيات اللي اي بي سيز انه ممكن تحتاجها انت بسفرتك يعني. Nearly two years after Ahsan and his family first applied for asylum from Amman, they're given plane tickets to the US. And by the way, they're expected to repay the cost of those tickets to the US government. عم تقلي انه اول شيء وصلته على نيويورك، شو بيصير بنيويورك؟ Well, بنيويورك اول ما وصلنا 
تستخدمون موظفين الاي او ام نفسها فلما نوصل المطار كنا بنروح بغرفه بعدين كل واحد وقع على اوراق تبع انه انه انا وصلت وهي الاشياء بعدين اخذوا بصمات وصوره للوجه وبعدين طلعنا بالطريق مش نفس الطريق اللي جايين فيه المسافرين طبيعيين يعني طريق على حال عشان عندنا معاملات اكثر من عندهم وبس كملنا دلونا على الطياره اللي رح تاخذنا كل واحد للفانل ستيشن تبعه يعني احنا لدالاس بنروح لدالاس في ناس لشيكاغو في ناس لبورتلاند في ناس يعني اكثر من اماكن From New York, they flew to Dallas. Ahsan posted a picture on December 4th, 2015, of long airport lines and his brother and niece Juju sleeping on an airport bench. He wrote, The journey, worthy. It was approximately a 30-hour trip from Amman to Cairo, NYC, then Dallas. Would have been a nice journey if my family didn't bring too many bags. I had a back muscle sprain and am now moving like a snail or a sloth. أنا مش جرومبي طبيعتي أنا كثير إنسان هابي بس إنه أول ما وصلت أنا كنت كثير جرومبي لأنه أهلي كانوا جايبين معهم تو ماني هاند باجز يعني يعني هم ويذن ذا ليميت بس يعني استغلوا الليميت لأقصى حد وكلهم أنا بشيلهم لحد بعد يومين آه طلعت شفت المكان كثير حلو مثل ما أنا يعني حتى على أنا كنت حاط اكسبكتيشنز والناس كثير فريندلي فشوي شوي بديت انبسط بالموضوع. بعدين بس بدات اطلع صاروا انه انا احسن واحد بالبيت يعني بيحكي انجليزي فكل اشياء علي اطلع اعمل فلان شيء، اطلع اسوي فلان شيء فشوي انشغلت هلا شوي بدات افضى يعني هي اول يوم فضيت يعني من لما اجت لهلا انا دخلت شاور مره واحده اللي هي اول يعني تخيل قديش مشغول ما عندي وقت للشاور. That conversation which was our first of several happened four days after he arrived to Dallas. كحدا من الميدل ايست وجاي في كثير ناس بيطلعوا انه اه وفلان ولايه بتعمل كذا وفلان ولايه فيها عنصريه وفلان ولايه فيها هيك شيء واسلاموفوبيا ويعني رح تروح هناك وراح يكون عنصريه وراح تروح هناك ولا تمشي بالليل لانه بيجي حدا من سم جانج وراح يعمل ما بعرف ايش هيك هاي تو ماني موفيز تو ماني اكشن موفيز بتاثر على الناس لحد انا كثير مبسوط حتى اهلي شوي متفاجئين بالهوسبيتاليتي اعتقد هي السذرن هوسبيتاليتي بيحكوا عليها بس لحد انا مبسوطين فيها يعني On December 6, 2015, Ahsan posted a photo of a lake in what looks like a residential area. He wrote, I'm going to be a superstar here, just need to settle. So I continued to follow him on Instagram, seeing what kind of superstar he might become. And we messaged a couple times uh, here and there, checking in. I watched as he took his love for soccer, that antidote for his depression, Amman, to Dallas. And this time it was to make new friends. Eight months later, we spoke again briefly, and honestly, he sounded a bit tired, not as enthusiastic as he once was, mainly because he'd been studying so long for his U.S. medical licensing exams. Tell me about your life. يعني هو أنا أول فترة يعني كنا هيك مشغولين بالبيبر وورك والمعاملات والأصلاً الحياة هون يعني ك يعني كسيستم 
كثير تختلف عن العراق والاردن يعني القوانين والاشياء وكان اصلا يعني بسجل اهلي وبسجل امي وابوي مع فلان منظم وبروح وبقدم لهم على السوشيال سكيورتي فاول شهر كان يعني ما شفت من امريكا شيء يعني مجرد اروح للسوشيال سكيورتي ديبارتمنت ارجع للاي ار سي اللي هي المنظمه الانترناشونال ريسكيو كوميتي او هيك شيء هي المنظمه اللي بتساعدنا هون فيعني ما ما فهمت منها شيء بعدين كنت هيك كثير يعني مجهول بالي بالامتحان يعني لدرجه انه لو اطلع اعمل شيء يعني بيبسط هيك بضل فيل جيلتي يعني بضل انه ليش عم بنبسط المفروض انا هلا بكون يعني بدفس هيك يعني تخيل انا صار لي ثمان شهور واحنا المنطقه تبعنا تقريبا بعد 10 دقائق عن داون تاون دالاس اللي هي كثير حلوه ولساتني انا مش شايف داون تاون دالاس 8 months into his resettlement to Dallas, Hassan was worn down, head deep in his books preparing for his exams and working at Chipotle. Dallas was so different from the world he came from. We hung up and I felt sad that he was working so hard and wasn't getting to enjoy his new home the way I thought he should be. Hassan stopped posting on Instagram as often, and him and I lost touch for a while. And then, in wanting to check in, I called him again. It was two years and three months since he first arrived to Dallas and since we had first spoken. He caught me so off guard. I'll let you listen to the difference in his voice. It's been a long time. It's been uh, over a year. Are you, are you doing like a follow-up on what you've, what you've done earlier? Or yeah, yeah, like... yeah. I'm doing a follow-up oh. because, because I never made that episode and I still want to make it. Oh, okay. I think people will be like, oh, what a prick. He, he spent two years in the States and now he's talking all English. <laughs> so I did not think Ahsan was a prick for speaking in English. But I was thinking, who is this guy? He started to fill me in on the past year. He spent his time studying for his medical exams, playing soccer and working. Okay, so what's changed now? Uh, so yeah, now I'm working at P.F. Chang's. It's a Chinese, Japanese, like Asian restaurant. Um working as a server slash bartender thing, although I don't drink, which people find very weird because they asked me about the drink. I was like, well, I don't drink, honestly. But that, honestly, that gets my sales even higher because uh, I had to try all the drinks and I hated all of them except one. I was like, eh, it's okay. Which one? And then when it, uh, it's a Mai Tai, I would say it's one of the expensive drinks we have. They find me credible because I tell them up front I hate everything and I just like this one. So they take this one. <laughs> it works. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I talk about a lot of stuff. Like, they always ask me, where are you from? And I tell them to guess. And that just sparks some conversation. And then when I tell them I'm from Iraq, they ask me, what's brought you here? And your English is good. And that leads to me telling them, well, I was in in university and so in English and they asked me what kind of university and I was like I'm a doctor and they find all that kind of like a weird experience oh our server is a doctor a lot of my friends who were have kind of the same background and they were doctors and they, they came here they find every job that is not in the medical field to be you know beneath them they go like oh no I'm a doctor I don't do that so for me I'm working as a bartender server and I get like some nights $40 per hour but one thing that I have picked up uh, is that I really don't see it as degrading or beneath me to do whatever job there is as long as it's legal and I keep my you know moral code intact so 
it's going to be super fun when I'm finally in a doctor and I start remembering these days. I'm like, I worked at PF Chang's, I worked for Chipotle, I did some tutoring, I did all that in the meantime just to get some money. It's just some extra skills. Now I know what shiitake mushrooms are. I wouldn't never know that if I didn't work at <laughs> PF Chang's. So. I'm still in Dallas for now. Okay. And I'm going to move to Buffalo, New York. I'm still pursuing my you know, career as a doctor here. And I'm almost done with all the, you know, certification and uh, validation of my degree from Iraq. My very good friend from Iraq, he is there in Buffalo and he told me I should try to get unpaid observership or research because that's what another guy did. So when it comes the time to apply, they will already know me. So I am trying to do that. So I'm just going to go to Buffalo and then when it's going to be September, I'm going to apply. Hopefully, I will be a doctor starting next year. It's incredible. I mean, you moved to a new country and you... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, as a story for a refugee, yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing good. Now I'm more open. Um, that's one of the best things I picked up. And you say my English is better, so that's cool, too. <laughs> I, I know how to curse in Spanish, if that counts. <laughs> Where did you learn that? Uh, from my team. They kept calling me some names and i thought it's just the word for you know hey pass the ball and then every time they call me something i go back and google it and it's a bad word and i was like you've been calling me bad words for like a month and they're like yeah we call each other bad words i'm like okay i guess i learned them now so it's very satisfying when you say it are you dating in dallas are american girls just falling at your knees girls really find me handsome i think it's because i'm middle eastern so it's like not the norm here because everyone is white or black or mexican that's it one two three options so i really don't want to date anyone and i think they found that attractive too because <laughs> i swear to god like when i meet someone and i go like honestly I have no intention to go into a relationship. I, do, I even don't want friends with benefit. I have, I have no intention to do any of that. And they think, oh my God, he's the coolest guy. <laughs> or, or some think I'm gay. Like, it's one of the, uh, the two. I'm, I'm curious, actually, because you live in Texas, like, have you at all experienced any kind of racism or tension it was our first week. That was the only time it happened. We were walking in this. I mean, I didn't see it, but my younger brother was there. He was like, somebody flipped them the finger in the street because he was walking with my mom and my mom was hijab. My brother said I flipped him back, but, you know, uh, not the coolest thing. I mean, people always, when they hear that I'm from Iraq and they like, they try to get me go to church, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. And they still like, okay, have you, do you, do you want to find Jesus? I'm like, uh, do you ever think about going back to Iraq um, or is this Khalas your home? I mean, permanently, not at all. I will not go to Iraq. Like, I have literally zero will to go back to Iraq and live there. I, If I wanted to go back to Iraq, it's because I have my friends, this guy I have to see. I Like, I've spent all my childhood with family. I need to visit Falafel, the Iraqi Falafel. I really miss that so bad. And they... 
the Iraqi restaurants here in Dallas, they are the worst. Like, I've never put a bad review or a good review on Yelp or Google about anything except the Iraqi restaurant that was here. And I put one star. So, you know, it's like a checklist I want to do every couple of years. I want to go once, do the checklist again and come back here. Like, I don't want to live there. I guess, what, what does it mean to you to be an American? In America. Yeah. What it feels like to be in America is like, mostly I feel it when other people tell me, like my father, he went to Iraq and he came back and he was telling me, how were we able to, to live there with all that chaos going on? Like, but right now, I mean, living in America is very, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can be the worst person you want or you can be the best person you want. And either way, you have the means you need to do that available right in front of you. For me, I mean, I think that is the best thing in America. Like right now, I w I'm waiting to work as a doctor, so I needed some money and I applied at, as a bartender who I have literally zero experience at. Like I haven't even drunk before, but uh, still, they just saw that I would learn fast and I'm the number one bartender server for the past 10 weeks. My brother really likes coaching soccer, so he downloaded an app for coaches and now he's coaching kids uh, so whatever you want to do you can do it here uh, i mean the best scenario is that i'm going to be a neurologist i mean definitely sub subspeciality in internal medicine uh very very athletic two kids i mean i don't care if they're uh, boys or girl my wife should be very hot and smart and cool and puts very little makeup and has a normal nose without a nose job. That's my life should be. <laughs> I love the specifics. I mean, honestly, if I don't become a doctor eventually, your whole piece will just be rubbish, honestly. It's, it's going to be a story of someone who was successful and his life went down. But if, <laughs> I, if I make it as a doctor again, that's going to be cool. I know. Then we can like do an update on the story and it's going to be great. But the next time we talk, it's like it happened, the good stuff. Yes, it happened, so. it's already happened. You've already done so much. Hopefully. Ahsan stopped blogging on The Refugee 13. Mostly, he said, because his other life took over. The one that wasn't about getting resettled, but about being settled. Studying and working hard to get to where he wants to be. He is, however, happy to start blogging again if he gets more followers. So here's my shout out to get on Instagram and follow at TheRefugee13. On a personal note, we want to thank everyone that works or has worked for organizations like UNHCR, IRC, IOM, smaller NGOs, the caseworkers across the country who help people like Ahsan and his family get settled in the U.S and to neighbors across cities in America, from Dallas to Portland to Cleveland, that have welcomed refugees from across the world in their neighborhood. Thank you. This episode was produced by Dana Balut and myself, Hiba Fisher, with sound design by Mohamed Khrezat. And a huge thank you to Fadi Geras for playing the part of Ehsan in our English version of this story and on such short notice. You're the best. As always, if you like what you heard here today, please take a quick second and rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, SoundCloud, whichever podcast player you use. It really helps boost our rankings so that other listeners can find out about us. Until next time.